Welcome to the Monday Mailbag. My name is Chris, and I'm excited to get started with this week's topics. We had a busy week as far as baseball and softball go, per usual. No real news in the transfer portal, as we were hoping, obviously, with the basketball team. But, you know, still still kind of waiting on a few guys to make some decisions. I think we've kind of seen our last few Red Raiders leave the team that are probably going to. We saw Daniel Bacho... Davion Harmon both leave the team. Davion for the, is going pro, and he only had one year left, so I think that he's more likely than not coming back. Bacho still has a good chance. I think he was at the press conference, the introductory press conference for McCaslin, so that is a good sign. However, you know, you can never really tell with these types of things. He's obviously a really athletic kid with, I think he has like two or three years left of eligibility, so plenty of time for a program to get him in there and develop him. So he'll be a little bit tougher to bring back. I don't know if this happened before or after the last time we talked, but Jennings uh, did. Robert Jennings did nail, uh, come down to his last two teams. It was uh, Virginia and, of course, Texas Tech. So two teams that are, in my opinion, pretty similar and the way that they are kind of on their rise. I think right now Texas Tech is like what Virginia was 10 years ago, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit less than that, but kind of before they went on that national championship run, Virginia was essentially the staple of defense and kind of boring on the offensive end. Now they've kind of become a little bit of the opposite, which is weird to see under Tony Bennett, but yeah, no, it's very exciting to see hopefully we can bring back Robert and Daniel Bacho if not I hope that we attack the transfer portal pretty heavily there's a few guys in there that have kind of just recently gone in there and have been in there for a while that we could definitely add to the team but let's get started on these questions what portal prospects should tech basketball most be pursuing so heading into the offseason obviously we're kind of waiting to see who would leave with Mark Adams being uh or leaving as a Texas Tech head coach so there was kind of wait and see which players left now that we've kind of seen who has departed as far as players and you know hopefully within the next few weeks we get get some decisions Going towards our way with a few of these guys, I think Davion Harmon's gone for good. Like I said, Daniel Bacho, of course, could come back, but we'll see on that one. Robert Jennings down to his last two. He has a visit with Virginia. And then I don't think, I mean, Fardaz just uh, also, that's, I guess, pretty big news. He's not coming back. He committed to Cal, his former head coach at Utah Valley. I think he has a Cal job, so that kind of made sense. But other than that, yeah, we basically have our team pretty much set got a few guys in the portal that we're going to go after but if i had to be honest right now with who i think we should be pursuing i think it's more clear now than ever that we should probably go after a guy like tyler perry one of those guards that are kind of making noise in the portal uh, he has a lot he has a lot of suitors i could tell you that he has plenty of offers or not offers he's been talking to plenty of teams a lot more than I actually anticipated. I guess he was a Conference USA Player of the Year, so those mid-major guys usually get that bump from being, you know, one of the guys that are in the mid-major, but they dominate there. They obviously get a lot of looks from the upper conference teams, the big the power conference teams, and it's good to see that he is. I mean, that shows that, you know, Grant McCaslin has been developing his talent pretty well. 
obviously Tyler Perry. I'm pretty sure Tyler Perry transferred in, but just good to see him flourish in that kind of system too. That's actually really nice to see. So a few other guys that I would like to see us get. I think the one that I'm really, really, really hoping that I was surprised that we were even talking to him, but I really hope that we could bring in Caleb Grill, the guard from Iowa State. He's obviously, as we know, a very talented player. Can shoot the ball, sharp shooter, strong percentage from three, solid on the defensive end too. He would be the type of player that if Texas Tech got instant starter, instant impact player, the type of guy that kind of puts us back on the map in a sense. Obviously, we would like to see a few more names added, but realistically, getting a guy like Grill would highly impact this team's potential. So that's another one of those guys that I think that we should be going after that could possibly have that like make or break. Like we, Our season could either go one way if we have a guy like this or a guy that, or if we don't get a guy like that, it could go another way. So that's really one of those guys that I'm hoping that we could you know, pull from the other schools because obviously he's going to be very highly recruited. So another guy, another guy that I think had us, I don't know if he had us in a top five, but I know that we were talking to him is Noah Thomason, not Tomlinson or anything like that. Thompson, T-H-O-M-A-S-S-O-N from Niagara. He's another guard. He was one of the top scorers in the nation, a solid three-pointer percentage, and he was a type of guy that I think could play that Davion Harmon role where he's not necessarily always looking to score as, you know, we have Pop Isaacs who kind of plays that point guard role, but he's the type of guy that I think could have that same chemistry that I was hoping to see from Davion Harmon and Pop Isaacs at the same time. I think those two could coincide with each other on the floor. Maybe obviously Tyler Perry not so much, but realistically Texas Tech is going to play solid defense this year or at least implement a solid defensive structure so I think that we're going to be able to find some lineups this year that'll be able to capitalize on all of our guys skill sets so yeah Noah Thomason is another guy that I've been looking at pretty heavily and honestly there's a few other guys out there the Usman from North Texas he's a he was a forward he averaged 11 points and 6 rebounds this season, and he's 6'10 and can protect the rim. That's one of those guys that I really, really enjoyed watching play basketball when he was on the floor. Um, he didn't play much in the NIT, but he's the type of guy that is going to have a pretty solid impact if we add him on the defensive end. That's pretty much all that I want to see from a big band this year. Is We don't really need, obviously we wanted Fardos to be that guy in the, in the down low in the post and when he was on he was on but Usman is the type of guy that if we're playing him I would really just want to see him control the center of the court not the center of the court control the post and make sure to be a dominant presence that'll kind of steer guys away from trying to attack down low he's big enough to be able to do it and he has the experience that I think is going to be key in order for him to have an impact if he comes to Texas Tech right away so that's another guy that I'm looking at. There's a few other names in the portable right now off the top of my head. I'd say that those are the key guys that I really want to see. Second question is, how should Tech fans handle the constant rumors that come out of the basketball program? So it's pretty hard right now in the offseason. It's all rumors. There's no real substance to a lot of these things. You know, they are talking to this guy. They're talking to that guy. This guy's a possible assistant head coach. This guy might not be in the running anymore. It kind of goes without saying that it, it's it's like I said it's the off season it's there's so, nothing going on we're not playing actual games 
And realistically, I, at least as far as I don't think, there's no practices going on for the basketball team unless they're having a few like little practices. I don't know if they necessarily can right now this you know early in the offseason, but there's no real substance to anything that we're seeing on the internet that's saying, okay, this guy's playing, this guy's coming back to Tech, this guy's not coming back, Texas Tech is in the running for this guy. I know that it was pretty positive when uh, Mark Adams was hired as the head coach that we saw you know, the guys that were coming back to play for him a little bit after he was signed that were at practice. It was really good to see, you know, the type of guys that decided to stay and be leaders on the team. And I haven't really seen many of those pictures yet. I don't know how much practicing they've done. Um, probably not much at all, but it, it's just, it's one of those things where you have to take everything with a grain of salt until you see certain accounts the big name accounts, the accounts that we kind of know as Texas Tech fans are the reliable ones that are like, Texas Tech is talking to this guy. Texas Tech has been in constant communication with this guy. Or, the best of it all, Texas Tech has signed to this guy. Then there's no real reason to kind of fret about anything. Obviously, I think the one that I'm kind of guilty of doing the most is Caleb Grill. He's a guy that I really, really want at Tech. But there's not much substance to that right now because... He's obviously a highly coveted player, so we really just have to wait and see what happens with him. And just like all the other guys, you know, Robert Jennings is taking his visits this week, I think, to Virginia. So we'll kind of have some news after that to see where we're at um, with the process on him. But for the most part, it's really early. It's It may not seem like it, but the college basketball season just ended like a week ago. So there's no real reason to start worrying about which guys we're going to get or if we're going too slow on the portal right now. We got our guy at head coach. We know the guys that are kind of staying right now that haven't entered the transfer portal. And we know the guys that we're going to typically go after. Obviously, with the head coaching hire that we made, we kind of know the type of player that he wants. It's just a matter of waiting and seeing if he actually gets those guys. So realistically, I'm excited to see what this team is going to do. I'm excited to see what they are going to, who are they going to bring in and type of impact that that's going to have on the basketball team. But for right now, there's no real reason to get worked up over whether or not Texas Tech is signing key guys. We've seen, you know, LJ Cryer go to Houston yesterday. He was a guy that obviously we played against having him being at Baylor. And now we're going to see him in the Big 12 some more. So just one of those things where obviously you wanted to get that guy. But realistically, he just wasn't in your plane. You didn't have a head coach at the time. You didn't have a strong case to make for him to come to Texas Tech, at least as strong as Houston right now, who's one of the best teams in the nation. But yeah, so you're just maybe not getting the very, very top of the food chain guys, but there's still guys out there that you could talk to and look after. And yeah, that's basically all I have to say on that. Another guy, actually, I completely forgot a guy for the first question. I want to kind of touch on him. Max Acemas, the guy from Oral Roberts, the guard. I mean, hey, Texas Tech has some luck with or Robert's guy in the past, Kevin O'Banner, so why not bring in another guy? I mean, hey, that's just my two cents. So this third question is, how does baseball deal with the mountain of injuries? So obviously we know there's guys getting injured still. We have a few injuries that just recently happened. I can't remember off the top of my head who or how many right now, but it's basically the same as it has been all year, and it's kind of looking like it's a repeat of last year for Texas Tech, but... In the same sense, this team is still playing pretty solid. You don't want to see a 8-1 to loss to North Dakota State to start off the series this weekend, but can't be mad with finishing out strong, winning the next two games, and kind of coming out there and 
putting a stamp on that series. Obviously, if you want to be one of those top of the food chain, upper echelon baseball teams, maybe you just sweep North Dakota State, but easier said than done. Some days are just off days. You really just want to see some improvement from the young guys, at least the really young guys um, that aren't really accustomed to playing right now, that are kind of getting their feet wet for this program. So there's no real reason to panic. There's no real reason to maybe call the season over this early into the season, although we're kind of almost towards the end of it. But there's just uh, we have Dylan. I know Dylan Carter's coming back hopefully pretty soon, probably around the Big 12, uh, end of Big 12 play, kind of when we're getting into the world uh, playoffs part of it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just about the timeline of these injuries, too, that you want to kind of focus on. You know, Tech is going to be there. They're obviously still ranked. At least I hope they are. I haven't checked real uh, anything yet um, about if they're still ranked after this weekend's performance. I mean, they did win the series, but losing one would like to see them sweep it. But realistically, this Texas Tech team is going to have hopefully. I mean, ho- hosting a regional might be kind of we're, we're like right on the edge there. I know that we were in the Eugene uh, regional from the D1 baseball. They kind of put out their projections or where things are at. I don't know. I. I don't really, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm just going to say it. I don't know necessarily as much about baseball as the other guys. So I don't know if those are projections like Joe Lenardi makes or if those are like the definitive, like if the season ended today, this is exactly what would happen. So take that with a grain of salt. But right now I think we were the two seed in the Eugene Regional. So we're right there. We're right on the border of being in that hoster Regional you know, territory, but still have some work to do. Hopefully we can get a few key wins and conference coming up and just make it. Actually, we have Stanford, my fault. We have Stanford today that starts a three, uh, one game, two game series, and then we travel to Oklahoma after that for the weekend series. So, yeah, I mean, you have an opportunity to put some wins together and hopefully raise the stature of this team enough to put yourself in that talk for getting a regional and making – a good run at this thing, but I think the guys that are injured aren't gone for the season like they were. Like I know last year, some of those injuries kind of lingered on throughout the year, and none of them really ever came back. And Texas Tech kind of bowed out pretty pretty early, so there was no way that they could come back later and kind of help us make a push. So there's that. But yeah, I'm just really hoping to see these guys come back and be in good form, and obviously the younger guys getting some experience maybe helping boost this team i mean gage gage harrelson talk about talk about a guy stepping up what a performance he had this weekend i was really excited to see what he was doing and kind of getting this tech team right after that loss so shout out to gage that's a nice little shout out right there and um yeah so our last question of the day is there actually a difference between indoor and outdoor track so as a former track and field runner for one year in high school, but kind of always being around the track, that's probably one of those under those low key sports that I'm always paying attention to, whether it's college or you know nationally in the Olympics or whatever. I love track. I love watching track and field. Pretty much all the events. It's exciting. I know it's just running, but it's insane to see how fast humans are and how long they can run fast for. It's crazy. But that being said, I think that the main difference um, between the two. 
and that you'll kind of see with these guys and girls is that the indoor track is actually 200 meters long. So yeah, the whole entire course is 200 meters. So when you're doing indoor stuff, you might see them take a few more laps than they will outside. That's just because the outdoor track happens to be 400 meters. So I guess that's the literal difference between the two. I I mean, there's as a somebody who's run and knows guys who run track and do all that stuff, there is a feeling difference too. I mean, the times are a lot faster on the outside, I think. Don't quote me on that, but I feel like people run their best times on the outside because they kind of know... Like, when you run a 400-meter, obviously the 400-meter dash is all the way around the track once. When you have to do that multiple times on the indoor track, I, maybe it's just like a psychological thing. I don't know. I don't think it's a literal... I mean, it, either way, 400 meters is 400 meters. It's just a matter of the feeling and the psychological part of it. So instead of getting your mind ready for, okay, I got to run around the track once, maybe when you're doing the 400, you're like, crap, I got to run around it twice. So there's that. Maybe it just feels a little bit different. The atmosphere, too. I mean, you're running outside. Conditions, that's another one that I guess was a, was a pretty obvious one. If you're running indoor track, there's no nothing, no weather, no conditions that are really hindering your performance. So it, colder days, I mean, running fast in the cold or running for a long distance in the cold could be a pain in the butt. So those cold days and even those hot days when you're running and it's especially on the track like the blacktop that the track is on not the blacktop but i forgot the exact word for what the material is that the track is on but just it's it's awful your feet are hot you're wearing track shoes the track spikes are really thin too so obviously it makes it a lot easier to run on but you feel all of that heat especially if you're just standing around that's why when i would run it in high school i mean that nobody's really standing on the track waiting to go. You're always on the football field or in the bleachers or anything like that. Like just walking on the track is the absolute worst thing after a hot day. It's no fun at all, but it is what it is. I mean, it just certain guys have certain preferences or girls have certain preferences as to what they prefer to run on, whether it's outside or inside. But for the most part, the only real difference is how big it is and kind of obviously the weather conditions so those are the only two things that are pretty big differences between the two besides that it the, you're running 200 meters you're running 200 meters there's no length difference it's just more of a feeling so yeah so that'll wrap up the monday mailbag edition for this week um looking forward to seeing what goes on this next week and seeing what happens in the text tech world of things hopefully we can get a few guys signed kind of get a feeling for what Robert Jennings is going to do. He could have a pretty big impact in this team on this new defensive, uh, this new team, not new defensive, obviously. We've been a defensive team, but with this new scheme and this new coach, everything new that's going on at Texas Tech, Robert Jennings is the type of guy that we would like to have inside. Same with Daniel Bacho, but Robert Jennings has his kind of top two down to us in Virginia, so hopefully we can win that race, get another big guy back. Hopefully we can see a few guys kind of get out of the transfer portal so we can move on or maybe even come to Texas Tech. That's what we want to see. We want to bring these key guys to Texas Tech, have an impact on this team. But, yeah, other than that, baseball, softball have their usual games, unfortunately. I know the guys are probably going to cover it, but unfortunately the Lady Raiders were outscored 16 to nothing in the three games against Oklahoma. Not really surprising. Oklahoma is the best college softball team in, in the nation, and I would be very shocked if they don't win the whole entire thing because that's just what they do. Other than that, 
that's all that I got. I will talk to you guys in a week. Hope to hope you guys have a great week. And uh, let's go Red Raiders, get some wins, see improvement, and let's get some guys on the basketball team. That's what you want to see. But yeah, peace.